Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica. This week, I'm joined by Kajal Agnani. Kajal is the founder and CEO of Boundless Blooms and is on a mission to inspire the next generation of kindful, that's kind and mindful, humans. Launching her business has been a true labor of love for Kajal, one where she's been able to combine years of experience in research, operations, marketing, and customer experience with her passion for children's education and development. Yoga, meditation, and mindfulness have played such an instrumental role in her life, and when she began to reflect on how game-changing it would have been for her if she had access to those tools as a child, she knew that her first products had to achieve a specific aim, to make mindfulness meditation fun and accessible for kids of all ages. Since launching, Boundless Blooms has partnered with nonprofit organizations, schools, and university programs to make mindfulness accessible to thousands of kids across the country. Kajal holds a BA in Molecular and Cell Biology from the University of California, Berkeley, and an MBA from the University of Southern California, where she studied mindfulness. She currently lives in Los Angeles with her partner, Raja, vibrant toddler, Zavi, and sweet baby, Ayan. Kajal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I'm excited to to sit down and chat with you. Yes, I'm, I'm so glad we could find the time and connect. And um, I want to hear learn about you and your business. Um, so let's start with yoga for you. So when did yoga and mindfulness first come into your life, and then how did it impact you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think so. I've done a lot of reflection over the years, and you know, really thinking about it as a child, I. I was really mindful. I I didn't realize it or recognize it or label it as mindfulness, um, but I was very introverted and spent a lot of time just connecting with myself and being out in nature. And it was really lovely. Um, Of course, adolescence hit and so on and so forth. So it really wasn't until my early 20s, I'd say, where um, I really started practicing yoga and different forms of meditation um, more regularly, um, and, and noticed that it truly did have an impact, a very positive impact on my, my life, um, on my ability to, you know, cope with anxiety and stress. I kind of skipped over this part, but, you know, as an adolescent, I did struggle with anxiety and depression. And so it was very much 
you know, trial and error and trying to figure out different tools and things that worked for me um, so that I could feel uh, like that sense of overwhelm and, and things weren't like sort of happening to me, but I had a little bit more, um, more space between those big emotions and feelings and being able to kind of go through life as such. Um, and really, I think in grad school about eight years ago, I had a professor who was building out the mindfulness program at our university. And I was one of the first students to raise my hand and say, you know, I'd really love to participate and learn more. And that's really where I got that more formal introduction to mindfulness and um, began using it more regularly in my life. Um, of course, fast forward a couple of months and um, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in a really high stress, high stakes role at a tech company and found myself again, just really overwhelmed. And I'd noticed that I'd stepped away from the practice. Um, and it really was an awakening to to go back to the practice and that, oh, by the way, by practicing more regularly, I could also help, um, you know, help my colleagues and friends as well. And um, my practice started deepening and kind of growing from there. Mm. So I'm just curious, as a child, were you aware that you had um, anxiety and depression? Because I personally, I also um, struggled with that, but I didn't have a label for it until I was an adult. So I'm just curious if you had awareness of that as a child or not. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I didn't have the vocabulary, um, at all to label it. I knew something was different. Um, I knew when I would have those big emotions, I, that I wasn't processing or handling them in a way that I wanted to. Um, and I think there was also like a, a lot of shame, Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to have the conversations with adults. There was one teacher in fifth grade who approached me about it. And at that point, I was in denial. Um, mm. There was a lot of shame associated with it. And I don't think that I I knew what it felt like and it didn't feel good. I just didn't know how to go about to have the conversations because that that vocabulary was missing. Um, so, Yes, absolutely. Did not have the label mm -hmm. until like a couple of years forward um, where we started learning about it, you know, in in terms of mental health, you know, in, in classrooms and such. But um, I think there was always an awareness that something was going on. I just didn't know how to address it or have the conversations around it. Yeah, that and that's such a, a common story among people I talk to. And then it really kind of drives a lot of us to do this work because it's like, we think, oh, if as a child I had the language, if I had the tools to deal with it, it would have been so different. Um, so, so I'd love to talk about your company, Boundless Bloom. So can you tell me why you started it and also just the mission of the company and the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I come from a, an entrepreneurial family, have always known that I'd want to be an entrepreneur. And um, in the summer of 2018, my husband and I took some time um, off together after, you know, it was like a year and some after we had had our son. And as I do every couple of years, started to reflect on what's next for me. And at that point, I knew that it was time for me to start something of my own. And I really just started reflecting again on like, you know, what's important to me, you know, aligning that with like my passion and my, my values. And as a fairly new mom at the time, my focus was very much on like parenting and how do I raise a child that is a confident, 
um, you know, well-adjusted human being that feels really connected to the world around them. And, you know, a lot of like introspection and reflection on my own childhood, of course, like went into that. Um, and, you know, how do I, how do I like impart these skills or cultivate these skills in my child? So that was really the impetus for Boundless Blooms, this, this notion that the possibilities are endless, that we can constantly learn and grow and develop and um, throughout our lives. And, and we wanna create space for that. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's really how the idea was born. Mm -hmm. And um, I, started noticing, you know, my son in, in general, like in, in tandem with my own mindfulness practice that he was just so present. Um, you know, kids are innately just like really good at being curious and they're so full of wonder and um, just super present. And I, for me, like having gone through that experience through my childhood of having it feeling like I, I had those those skills and then kind of losing them, I was like, this is something that I want to make sure that we like are nurturing and, and nurturing very consciously. And so I knew that when I was, you know, thinking about my products and what I wanted to create, um, that mindfulness would have to be a topic that I would uh, address. And so very much so like, um, you know, mindful moments, my card deck was born out of that, that uh, desire to really just make sure that we were continuously nurturing those skills and, and also creating space for um, positive self-talk and self-love. So, you know, to your point earlier about the things that I wish I had as a child, um, I learned somewhere along the way that I could like give myself pep talks and just tell myself how awesome I am. And if I, if I did things like that, going into a presentation or going into an exam, like I just felt better about myself and I ended up like performing a lot better as well. And so as I was thinking about developing my first product, not only did I want it to be like a fun and playful way to engage kids in mindfulness, to just bring their attention and awareness to that, um, but also to empower them with the vocabulary where they could, you know, start having those like positive mantras, those positive, you know, start introducing positive self-talk into their day-to-day -day as well. So when you, when you started the company, did you know that you wanted to create products for kids that helped foster these skills? And then were the mind, I love the, you sent me the uh, mindful moment cards, which are just gorgeous. The, the packaging, everything you sent, I was like every detail. I'm like, this is beautiful. Um, so I'm just curious, was that the first thing you made? And then, and you also sent a book that um, good morning, good morning, which was beautiful. So kind of what has the process been like in figuring out what you want to make? And then how, how does that process go? Cause these are beautifully printed things. <laughs> and I'm sure it takes a lot of steps. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, so that summer of 2018, I was like, mindfulness is my first, you know, the first topic that I think is very much like all encompassing in mm -hmm. terms of like fostering that awareness and developing confidence and resilience and, um, you know, compassion and all of these skills. So I knew that I wanted to start out with a mindfulness product. So I immediately like took to my notebook and started sketching ideas um, of what I wanted to create with mindful moments. And um, that's really where it began, right? So it's like taking notes, <laughs> sketching ideas out. Um, and I have been really fortunate in that the illustrators that I've worked with have been 
you know, friends of, of my siblings. And so Mm -hmm. as I started out on the journey of trying to source somebody who could help with illustrations, um, I've actually just been really like fortunate to, to be able to like go to like personal, you know, tap into personal connections in that sense and, um, kind of work together. So, and they've been just instrumental in bringing those ideas to life and creating the artwork, I would say with mindful moments. Um, so I had the idea of like, you know, what visuals I wanted to have. And so my illustrator created, um, all of the artwork there. And then I took to PowerPoint and literally just started moving fonts and, um, playing around with fonts and playing around mm-hmm. with the images and laying things out. And, um, you know, had a designer who was able to put everything into the final files and um, sourcing and manufacturing, you know, that that process is really tough. My, my husband's also an entrepreneur, so I didn't go the traditional route in terms of finding somebody who solely does printing, but I went with a, a vendor that he was using for his um, health brand. And um, it was a, a different project for them altogether, but I knew that they did really high quality things and it took a lot of time for us to figure it out. But for me, I um, also have a background in marketing and, and customer experience. So that attention to detail and understanding that the the cust- how the customer interacts and engages with the product makes a difference. And so I spent many, many months, I think it was almost a year just like packaging and designing and trying to figure out how that would look and what the aesthetic would be like um before we were able to kind of bring it to life and bring it to fruition so that that's really how mindful moments the card deck came about and then the book that was super organic so um when my son was maybe a year and a half two years old just on the way to school I in order to again to like introduce and to Uh, make sure that we were being mindful in the morning, I started to draw his attention to the sun and, and to the, the things around us and, and came up with a little song. And right before the pandemic, um, I was with a a friend of mine and Zavi turned to me and he was like, mommy, like we didn't sing the good morning song this morning. And so I was like, you're right. We didn't. So we started singing the song and my friend, after we were done, she turned to me and she was like, that would make an incredible book. And I was like, you know what, you're right. Like I'm thinking about like different products and things that we can launch. And um, again, you know, a month later I was, or a few weeks later, I was at my my nephew's birthday party and my sister's friend was there. And I remember from our childhood that she was just a beautiful painter um, and really loved doing artwork. And, you know, she's a dentist and owns her own practice now. But out of curiosity, I just said, you know, this is a project that I'm working on and, you know, would you be interested? And it kind of just evolved from there. And, um, you know, we're just really excited that we were able to to bring the book to life. And anytime, you know, Zavi sees any of these products, he he's able to really revel in the joy of I created this with my mom. And um, it's just something really special for our family because it's definitely been a team effort. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love when things align like that, where you've, you had the idea and then you're at this party and you're talking to someone and then it turns out, yeah, that's just so wonderful. And for the printing process, did you go through, is this the same vendor you use for the cards or no, it's not. Okay. Just for people, because everyone listening, I know are entrepreneurs and have their kids yoga business and some are authors and 
printing cards and stuff. So I know people would be curious to just hear like, yeah, how how you went about printing the book then. Yeah. So the book is a local vendor based out of New York. Um, I think for me, especially with COVID, we're realizing that lead times are really, really wild um, on every front. And um, I think for me, another big thing that I've been thinking about is like, how do we support local businesses? And so um, you know, how can I like partner with um, folks that are based in the U.S., like wherever possible in order to really bring these products to life? And um, I was able to find this printer who's been around for decades or a small family owned um, business. And um, I, I think one of the other things, too, it's like, you know, when you connect with somebody and you have that like ultimately what I'm trying to do with, with boundless blooms and in life right now is to create more good. Right. And how can you do it in a way that like really uplifts and inspires people and just in the interactions via email and even phone conversations, you could tell that they're just really good people and like trying to do good as well. And so that was something that was really important for me as I went through the process of, of identifying who I'd want to work with for, for the book and, you know, future projects as well. Mm, and that, that, I love that. First of all, thinking of local small businesses and then, yeah, sometimes it's just, you can tell you've got a shared kind of vision for what you're trying to do. So I'm um, so, that's just so great that you've kind of assembled this team of different vendors and people that you're collaborating with to create your products. So what are your hopes and dreams for the future of your business as, as it's starting to bloom? Yeah. Um, Again, as I mentioned, like when it comes down to it, I just am looking to create and spread more good in the world. Um, so I really want to continue to create these beautiful, conscious and, and meaningful products that really just positively influence the next generation and families. Um, and that includes who I partner with, who I collaborate with. And I've really been fortunate to be able to work with some really amazing nonprofits Um to just make our products available to kids in, you know, lower income and underserved communities, but also to just brainstorm and think of like what would be most meaningful or useful or helpful um, to kids and educators and caregivers. And so to be able to have those conversations um, has been really just beautiful and powerful. And um, I think one of the coolest things about just the world in which we live is just how global we are. And, um, you know, I think during the pandemic, of course, it's been really um, interesting because I feel like on one hand, my world's gotten so big with Instagram and Facebook and social Mm -hmm. media um, and the internet where you can, you know, my products are all over the world. And that's really, really amazing. Um, while at the same time, your world is getting a little bit smaller in terms of who you physically interact with. Um, and I think for what I envision for Boundless Blooms and as we continue to grow, it's really just like, how how can we share what we're creating with more people um, and and have, have the products resonate in a way that really make a meaningful difference and impact? Mm. Well, I encourage everyone, please, and we'll, we'll get all the information at the end, but um, check out these products because, like I said, every detail um, of the packaging and the illustrations and then just the way it's all designed, it's just beautiful and perfection, I would say. Just like very, it just, you can feel the care that went into it. 
Um, so I, yeah, I just wanted to say that. So Thank check, you. check it out, everyone. <laughs> that means so, so much. I think anytime I hear that sort of feedback from anyone, it's just, it's like, okay, like what we're doing, it just no, reaffirms that you're on the right path. Um, and I just so appreciate um, you sharing that. Yes. No, you can really, you can feel it. You can, you know, when you, when you, when I opened it, I just, you know, I could, I could see what's behind it. Um, so yes. Um, and I get, I also wanted to just ask you outside of your business as, as a mom of two young kids, um, ways that you, you kind of mentioned ways you incorporate mindfulness. You were saying like on the walk to school, mm-hmm. um, noticing, but, um, I guess other ways that you incorporate mindfulness into your day-to-day life with your kids, both for yourself and for your children. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it definitely has been really interesting for me, this journey, because I think there are moments where you really lean into your practice and there are other moments, you know, especially as like a new mom, which you'll be experiencing soon, Mm -hmm. um, where sometimes you, that practice where you have that time and space to sit or sit for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, um, and focus on your own just doesn't always exist. And so one of the things that's been really, um, important to me um, and our family is to find ways to really just tap into the present moment and incorporate mindfulness in our day-to-day. So for example, we won't always have the book with us on hand, but as soon as we walk out the door and we're headed to school, I will start singing the good morning, good morning song, um, really just as a reminder um, for, for Zavi, who's my older son, to to really be like, okay, like this is the the time that I can take to notice my surroundings and, um, you know, use my deep breath, um, and, and remember that it's there and can serve me throughout the day. Um, and, oh, by the way, like, let me think about my superpowers and how I'm going to apply them to the day. So that's usually how we start off our mornings. Um, and then of course, you know, we do, have family time. So every evening we will do a different activity um, and it won't always necessarily involve pulling out the card deck. Um, And at this point we've been doing these exercises for years. So they're more second nature that we can pull out whenever we um, were in the mood to, to, to do those exercises. But I think um, something that's really big for us is just connecting with each other, you know? And so like, devices down, like, let's focus, let's just play and have fun. And um, I think that's one of the things that I hope that families get out of this. It's, it's like, I love, I love using the apps. I use them for myself when I'm like cultivating my like mindfulness pro- practice or meditating, or, you know, I might put on like a video to do yoga. yoga. Um, but when it's with my children, like I very much appreciate just having that time and space with them without the devices. Um, and so whatever it is that we do, that we do it. And, and oftentimes Zavi will lead what it is, the activity is that we're doing. Um, but then how do we like kind of draw or extend out of that activity or experience um, the elements of mindfulness, right? It's like, oh, that was really great that, you know, we jumped off this block to go onto that. And we went on this adventure to find something, but now let's talk about how it felt when we solved that problem and we did it creatively, or when we took that jump where, you know, maybe we weren't, we were a little bit nervous to do it, but you know, how did it make us feel when we were 
were doing it and we were able to accomplish it. So we try to draw those elements into our conversations as well. Um, and I, I think that has really been where I see um, a lot of, I've been able to see that consistency, right? So I think it's like to be able to, to be open to the possibility that you can make any moment a mindful moment um, and you can bring that childlike wonder to any situation. You can get curious, you can be playful, you can have fun. Um, and that by doing that, we can incorporate these aspects um, more regularly and, and make it a daily part of our life. Um, that has really been, I think, a huge lesson for me. And I don't know if Zavi has discovered it yet, but hopefully when he, he grows up, he'll, he'll learn that, you know, it's, it's truly second nature for him. Um, and so that's what I, I strive to do. And it, again, it started way back when by us doing these exercises where it was very much playful. And now it's very much like we can take that and we can apply it to any situation um, and have it be um, like really get some gems out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I love that because it can feel overwhelming to parents to say, oh, now I want to incorporate mindfulness into our day. And it's like, just like what you said, it's, it's taking what you're doing already and bringing a mindful lens to it or asking questions or slowing down a little, or like you said, reflecting after. So it could be playing like tonight we were playing with the Legos, like that can be a mindfulness moment in itself, right? It, looking, talking about how you're stacking them and paying attention to what you're doing. And, and kids are so naturally present that, as you said in the beginning, it's just nurturing what's already there, giving them language for it. And then I feel like they help us as adults to then remember that. <laughs> and they, they're a reminder to come back to the moment. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I like Honestly, I think we set out sometimes to teach our children, but oftentimes I'm just blown away by how much I learn about the world and myself and just through them and by listening to them and observing them. And, you know, that reflection piece, I think, is really key. I think even when we think about our own practices, um, a lot of the value does come from that observation and reflection piece. And so being able to start having that um be a part of everything that we do with our kids. Um, I think it just serves all of us so, so well. Yes. And I just want to mention the mornings now that we're, um, you know, back into going to school and um, it's been so long um, and my daughter now started kindergarten. So we have more of a, you know, there's the structure and there is a time we need to be out the door, but I find that having the, this, a mindfulness practice and just, that awareness, even though it's still, you know, you can, I could feel impatient or like, oh, each step is hard. I really try my best not to create that like energy of chaos mm -hmm. in the morning. And sometimes it happens, but I love this idea of like, okay, if things were a bit chaotic, we walk to school. Like, I love what you said about that idea. Like maybe like the walk can be, and it usually is. It's like where we're noticing the weather and the sun and just like talking and just, you know, not in that, that uh, morning rush, which I think a lot of parents could probably relate to yes. so bringing these into the, when you can, and we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. No. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's very, very important for our kids to also see that, right? I think one yeah. of the things that I know I struggled with when I was little was I didn't know, like, I didn't know it was okay to have all of these big emotions, right? It was very much like, okay, if you're going to cry or be upset about something, like, just stop crying. You're okay. You're fine. Yes. And as an adult, you start, like, even now, like, there are lots of times where I struggle with like, oh, like, but I'm crying and I know I shouldn't cry. You know, I don't feel like I should be yeah. crying. But I think the beauty of us not being perfect or us like feeling sometimes like it's chaotic and we don't have like a handle on the situation for us to be able to communicate and verbalize that to our kids because then mm -hmm. they were role modeling for them. Right. And I think the goal very much is, is let's create space for all of these emotions and not label them as good or bad or you know, this is like the icky feeling we want to get away from, but more so that these are all part of the human experience and we want to create space for all of it. However, also recognizing that when we're like deep, deep in it, sometimes it's hard to see to the other side. So how do we create that space between them? Um, and that's really, I think, um, where I've seen a lot, like, again, I started doing some of these exercises with Zaviet too, and for him at two to say like, mom, I, mommy, I need to go to the calm corner and I just need to like take some time. I was blown away by that. Right. And I think that sometimes as, as adults, we, we think that we have to tell our kids all these things, but they start seeing the value in it and they recognize it for themselves. And then, um, for him to take that time and then come back and like know when to use his breath and then come back. And when he's ready to talk through things like able to, to communicate, I think that's a really, really beautiful gift. Um, and I am just really grateful, frankly, for all of the, the teachers who've um, really helped to expand my practice, um, yoga practice, meditation practice, mindfulness practice over the years. Um, for me to get to this point where now I can, you know, start sharing it with, with my child and, and hopefully families um, around the world, which is really Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it's, there's nothing more rewarding, which obviously that's why I'm doing this work too, but to see that like the, when they just get it and it's internalized and you know, it's with them. Like they've, it's cause I, you know, we're like little sponges as children. So the fact that that, you know, these kind of lessons are a part of that. It's just, it's, it gives me so much hope for the future and, you know, to see work that you're doing companies like you that are um, sharing it in different ways. Um, I just think it, it gives me, you know, I, I, I think we're going good places. Like, you know, I, I, I can't wait to see this generation and, and what they're going to do. Um, well, I'd love to hear your, your kids yoga gem, which is how I always wrap up the conversations. So if you were to give just one key piece of advice to anyone who's sharing yoga or mindfulness with children, what would that be? Yeah, I, I actually think that I shared my, my gem a little bit earlier where it's like, you know, you can be open to the possibility of making any moment a mindful moment. Um, I think one of the, the biggest lessons for me has been, um, one of the things that I've experienced, and I, I think it's a gem and a gift is um, really just being open to being, to letting out that inner child, right? To cultivating that inner child. Um, I think sometimes we as like caregivers or, or teachers or educators have plans and we, you know, you plan, 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 and you want things to go a certain way. And 
one of the biggest lessons I've learned is really just like to go with the flow and understand that, yes, there are things that I want to go a certain way, but at the same time, there's not always a lot of fun in like having things go according to plan. That's just like not life, right? So how can we learn to just have fun with whatever it is that we're the situation that we're in and, and to go with the flow and, um, and to, to be open to learning from, from the kids around us. I think that, that, um, has been just such a cool part of my entire like journey and experience, um, to see the awe and wonder in kids and to try to cultivate that for myself. Um, so I think that's something that I think that, you know, folks should be trying to, to cultivate for themselves as well. Yes. Love it so much. The openness, the going with the flow, all of these things are just so, so key in, um, in having the children. Yeah. Be our teachers. Then, then it's, then, then the energy exchanges back and forth. And it, it, when you're um, teaching children, it's just like it, the magic happens in those moments when you're letting it be. Yes, Absolutely. Well, I want people to find you, find um, the products. So can you point us to your website and social media and just the best way to get in touch? Yes, of course. So um, my website is www.boundlessblooms.world. And you can find me on social media at Bloom Kindfully. Um, I'm also available via email. So anyone can feel feel free to email me or to... um, you know, just message me on social media and we can connect. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk about your work and your business. And I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Of course. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. It's a wonderful conversation. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the kids yoga podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page, and you will see different monthly subscriptions, which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.